0: plus. at LuckyLandslots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions. Supply.
1: Before we begin, if you like what you hear on Mile High Report Radio Podcast, don't forget to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, and go ahead and click subscribe wherever you get your podcast.
0: You're listening to Mile High Report Radio with your hosts, Adam Malnati and Ian St. Clair. Get involved with the Denver Broncos conversation at milehighreport.com. And now, it's time to get to work.
1: Ian, it's been a rough start to the season for the Denver Broncos. We've talked about it at length since uh, um, the beginning. And uh, it's, it's weighing heavy on Broncos country, but it's starting to turn people into... Ah, uh, there's there are mean words to say here. I'm just gonna go with it's just it's just causing people to panic a little bit, and so one of the panicky things that I keep seeing is the idea that so, somehow, and I, I guess you could make the argument that it's probably true, but somehow this is all about Vic Fangio, and that it was a terrible hire, and he's the problem, and he needs to be fired immediately. Like I I, I can't believe that I'm seeing that out there from people in Broncos country. We're a, we're a fan site. We're a fan blog. We're a fan podcast, but we try not to be too overreactionary. That one feels like a a bridge too far,
2: right? Yeah. It's not just a bridge too far. The, the, the bridge is burning. That's how far it's gone. (laughs)
1: The bridge is on fire. That's great. That's great. Uh, well, okay. So we have a bridge that's on fire. Um, how, how do we
2: put it out? There's a great, comment from chris harris jr on tuesday and he was asked if coach fangio needs to be more aggressive with his calls in the games and i think this comment from harris pretty much sums it up it's basically what you and i have been saying for three weeks but let's just leave it to strap harris because he carries way more weight than the two of us he is aggressive he's calling all out blitzes he's calling man I don't know what else Coach Fangio can call. He's putting us in every defense possible to be able to make plays. It's really, you have to have players. It's the NFL. You can have great coaches, but at the end of the day, if the players don't execute, it's a player's league. We have to be able to go out there and make the plays. I tweeted that comment, and all I said was, great comment from Chris Harris Jr., The best response was things that weren't said about Vance Joseph for 500, Alex. (laughs) That's fantastic. Who said it?
1: Does that, do you, do you know off the top of your head who the comment was from? I don't. um, It it sounds like a DeSico quote, but I don't know that, that, that Mike DeSico is really paying attention to what we got going on right now. He's probably a very dejected fan, but it's
2: it. Go ahead. It's coming from his name is Kyle. So it's, K.A. Garcia, 47. All right. Kyle, good good line, Kyle. That was good stuff.
1: Uh, it, yeah, it's it's been frustrating in Broncos country. It's been difficult to watch. But I think, interestingly enough, and if you maybe throw out the Raider game, which I, I know sounds a little crazy, but if you throw out the Raider game, the defense hasn't played horribly. Uh, they pretty much shut down the Bears. The Bears got uh, a couple of calls that went their way and a magic second that fell from the sky. And so the Bears won the game. The There was you know maybe one, one mistake in coverage there that, that shouldn't have happened, but you gave up 16 points to a Bears team that was supposed to be really good, although I'm not sure how we feel about Mitch Trubisky. I think they had Aaron Rodgers on the run most of the game uh, at Lambeau in week three. I, I felt like that was... Uh, they maybe didn't get their sack or their turnover, but they did uh, They did move him off the spot. And really, it was the offense that put the defense in a bad position uh, a couple of times with some turnovers. So let's maybe cool out a little bit on the this is all on Fangio stuff. And I think, quite frankly, it's time to chill on the Joe Flacco's terrible and Rich Scangarello needs to go stuff as well. We're, we're three games into the season. You said something to me before we started recording. I'll clean it up a little bit because it's a family show. Uh, there's 16 games in a season. 16. We're three games in. It's not the end of the world. Um, I don't know that we're going to go very far as a franchise right now. I think the Denver Broncos are, are not going to win a ton of games. But let's not start you know, overreacting to the point where we're saying things that make no sense at all, like this is on Vic Fangio. They won five and six games in the last two years. They're not a Super Bowl contender right now. I don't. I don't think anybody thinks that they should be right now. So
2: everybody chill. Everybody, everybody, cool out. Everybody relax. It's gonna be okay. To bring back what you said about the defense and Aaron Rodgers, our Jeff Essery tweeted this out. New quiz for y'all this week. If I said Denver would sack Aaron Rodgers five times, hold him to only 235 yards, a, 58, a 58% completion rate, two for nine, third down conversion rate, would you take check, checks notes? Oh, wait, they didn't sack him, but held him to all those stats anyway? Yeah, I would take those stats. You can't give, as we said on the post game podcast, you can't give Aaron Rodgers, let alone any quarterback in the National Football League, except maybe Trevor Simeon, two turnovers converted to 14 points. <laughs> Yellow flag.
1: Come on. Unnecessary shot at Trevor Simeon. <laughs> not, that's not nice. He's not even playing. He played like for a quarter, and got injured. So <laughs> that was mean. Funny. Funny. But mean. I I appreciate the the humor in it though. So all right, we're gonna we're gonna move on then, right? I think it's important that uh, you know we've looked at the the Packer game. We we have decided that there are some areas that need improvement, obviously. But if, to to hear it from Broncos country, and, and and I just think it's important to put this out there. If if the Broncos don't get a sack and a and a and a fumble recovery or an interception against the Jaguars. You would think that the city, of, the whole city of Denver was going to collapse into the center of the earth and just light itself on fire, as if that is the end-all be-all of statistics for a, a, a football team. I don't think if they had gotten one or two – let's put it this way. If they had gotten one sack in each of those three games, would it have changed the outcome? Maybe, maybe? I mean, you can't even say definitively that it would have, but we, we as fans would have been okay with it. Right. Because they would have, they wouldn't have had that record of no sacks or turnovers in the first three games in the last 50 years. Like would it really have changed anything if they had sacked Aaron Rodgers once on Sunday? No, it
2: wouldn't have, it would have made no difference. Because you still gave him two turnovers that resulted in fourteen points. Exactly. And then you could play the what if with with that
1: as well, what if they had forced a fumble and recovered it and scored a touchdown? Okay, but that's not what we're talking about. What we're talking about is they haven't sacked the quarterback. And is that going to change the outcome? Maybe against the Bears. Maybe. Maybe. You know, that was a pretty sloppy game. So maybe but not not definitively. It just would have made you feel better. It would have made you feel Feel better about things. My, I just feel bad about it. I just don't like the way it makes me feel. Aw, I'm sorry. I'm getting a little, little angry here. But, but put your freaking tissues away. It's not
2: that big a deal. One quote that also stood out from Chris Harris on Tuesday, when he was asked if one wig can change the mood in the locker room, and I think this goes back to that response to the to the tweet where I had about the comment that we let off the show with, definitely. Guys are, it's a different feeling right now. Even though we're 0-3, we don't have that into the world feeling right now. We know that we're close. We've done some good things, but we have to learn not to beat ourselves. We're beating ourselves for a couple of years lately. We have to be able to end that and get it right and kind of just let that go, man. Just let it, just put it behind us in the past. We've been beating ourselves too long. I think that's another, another powerful quote that despite the, again, I don't want to toot our own horn, but that's what we said after the game on Sunday is that they're, there, there are positives to take away from this. Yes, it sucks that the Broncos are 0-3. It sucks that they've started 0-3 for the first time since 1999, but they're still doing things the right way. They're still, There's still positives that you can take away if they eliminate those silly mistakes. And on Sunday, that was committing three turnovers that resulted in 14 points. So you can, as we've said, you can see the positives. They're, they're on the right path. I, I truly believe that. It's, it's, just, it's a combination of everything right now. And as we said on Sunday, they're finding ways to lose games. And once they cut back on those mistakes, if they can just play a full game, and I know every team in the, in the NFL wants to do that, every team in college, every peewee team wants to do that. But I, I think they're on the right path. Yeah, I agree with you. I
1: think the one thing that really uh, has caused some of this consternation, and this this might sound uh, unfair, but in in one of Vic Fangio's first press conference, might have been his first press conference for the Broncos, I can't remember exactly, uh, he gave us the great, quote, death by inches. Like, it was a wonderful that was his, line. That was his introductory right? was introductory in his interview and or press conference. And we all jumped on it as – Yes, finally, right? Some accountability, uh, somebody who's standing there and saying, we're not going to make the same mistakes over and over and over again. And so as fans, we like to see that because we got, we're sick and tired of the team that we love looking like uh, you know a minor league franchise because they keep screwing up. And so to come out and say that, no more death by inches, to, to sort of make that your um, your centerpiece of your introductory press conference – and then to have some of the mistakes that they've had over the course of the first three games, that I, th- that I think is something that may- maybe you end up setting yourself up for failure there. That doesn't mean that I don't love the idea, and I don't think that it's something that the, the Broncos need to strive for and that I believe things are going to change because I think that's Vic Fangio's MO is to come in and, and fix those kinds of mistakes. But I do think that from the fan perspective – We are getting the uh, reaction to things not going as well as they could because we have that quote that's out there. We have that idea, and it sort of hangs over everything. And whenever they make a mistake, and I'm guilty of it as well, what is the thought process? The thought goes to, oh, death by inches. Well, here we are back to death by inches. So it gets to be maybe something that it's almost like you've hurt yourself even by putting it out there. Not that he shouldn't have said it just that maybe fans need to realize that fixing this particular issue might take more than 3 games. It might take more than one one preseason and one training camp. It might it might take a season. It might take a half a season
2: or 3 quarters of a season, something like that. Let's look at what happened with the Bears. It wasn't until the 3rd season that the Bears defense turned into the Bears defense that we now see with Chuck Pagano as the defensive coordinator. It took Some time for the Bears to turn into what the Bears are now. And I think that's that needs to be the expectation, as hard as it is to stomach, that Fangio and Ned Donatel need with this defense. I mean, I think one of the things that really helped Vic Fangio and that defense wasn't necessarily trading for Khalil Mack, it was selecting Roquan Smith. And I think that's one piece of the puzzle that the Broncos are going to have to finally address. They weren't able to get it this year. You can say, well, they should have taken Devin Bush from Michigan, but it'll take some time. It's going to take some time. As I've said repeatedly, as the old cliche goes, you're a a history teacher. Rome wasn't built in a day. And it's not exactly like the Broncos have been Rome the last three years. No, they haven't been Rome at all. They've been
1: some little principality that was taken over and, and stomped on and, and disappeared. Uh, but that's. Not, I'm not even g- going to get into that. All right, so there is a game, right? Let's let's get into the game. Let's do a uh, a little game preview here because I think it's part of the reason people are here, people are listening. Uh, they do play the Jacksonville Jaguars at home on Sunday, and uh, you know this is a, this is a winnable game. I think that if you look at this game on paper. Which I know is not where they play the games, but this is a game that is definitely winnable.
2: Oh, it absolutely is. You're going against a rookie quarterback, and I get it that the legend of Gardner Minshew is continually growing, and I don't know if it's because of Minshew or if it's because of his mustache. Well, but you're going against a rookie quarterback on it's the It's an road. epic mustache. Let's just let's just say right now,
1: it's an epic mustache. That is a mustache. Is
2: it really epic, though? I mean, is it Tom
1: Selleck epic? No. Well, okay, so that's not – that. maybe that's not fair to, to try and pin him into to that particular – I think that if you look at a Gardner Minshew – and this, maybe this is a good spot to talk about keys to the game because my key to the game is stopping the legend of Gardner Minshew, of making sure his mustache, which is where he derives his power from, it's clear, clear as day that his power comes from his mustache. Making sure that that mustache doesn't allow him to take over the game – and, and start putting points on the board, because, and like I said before, if they if they can't get to Gardner Minshew, if they don't get a sack or a turnover, the city of Denver will collapse into the center of the earth. Like I said, and and that'll be it. I mean, we won't have to watch any more football, I suppose, but it, it would it would still be a bummer. As far as is his mustache, Tom Selleck, I. I look tom Selleck's mustache is the mustache that i believe we measure all other mustaches aside from maybe sam elliott i guess it depends on how you like your mustache sam elliott has a solid mustache as well but his what about is more... raleigh
2: fingers because then then you get the curly mustache well you've just more described like French.
1: Yeah, you've just described three solid mustache looks you've got the the tom Selleck thick 80s style mustache You've got the Sam Elliott cowboy, thicker, sort of droopy mustache. And then you've got the Raleigh fingers. What would you call it? Uh, turn of the century gentleman with the wax twist. Those are all very three solid mustache styles. I think Gardner Minshew's mustache falls into the Tom Selleck style, but give him some time. He may be angling towards
2: Sam Elliott. I think it's going to take him some time to get the thickness. That's right. what she said. I, so I, he is what like eighteen. Tom wow. Selleck
1: is. Tom Selleck's been 45. around for years. Yeah, Tom Selleck is at least forty-five, plus probably twenty or thirty. I don't know. Probably thirty. I bet he's in his seventies. Somebody could look that up for us and tweet it out at us. I, I don't. I don't intend to to add any extra years to Tom Selleck. Magnum PI is. He's he's a stud and a water stealer, but that's a whole other story.
2: My key to the game is just. Play a complete game. I mentioned it earlier. If you play a complete game in all three phases, that's how you eliminate the mistakes, which have been costing this team the last three weeks. So you can see it. Everyone's frustrated. Fangio's frustrated. Chris Harris Jr. is frustrated. Emmanuel Sanders is frustrated, which brings me to one of his quotes that he had earlier this week that got him into trouble for some reason, but it, it did create quite the hubbub. And I I think it just, it it speaks to this team right now. He, and I don't know if you, if our listeners know exactly what he said, but he said that the Broncos are stuck in a world of suck.
1: Yeah. Well, they are. I, I I don't think it got him in trouble. I mean, maybe it got him in trouble with some people. I think most, most fans, most, common sense folk out there would look at that and say, well, yeah, they are. I mean, do you want him to shoot candy canes and rainbows at you all the time? Is that the idea? Do you want him to ride in on his unicorn and, 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 you know, feed you, you know, gumdrops all the time. I I think that his honesty is actually commendable there. And your, your key to the game is one where we say it every year. I, I, every season, every game, every week, it's always the same thing. And it's, always this idea of putting together a complete game. This might be the best opportunity they have to do that, although the Jaguars' defense is an incredibly good defense. And I don't know what's happening with Jalen Ramsey. I think it's it's fair for us to mention that um, he, he didn't practice on, I think it was Monday that he didn't practice, called in sick, said he had a tummy ache, wasn't feeling good. Uh, he is asking for a trade, and the Jaguars have said no. They intend to play him and, and keep him. So I don't know what you're going to get from Jalen Ramsey, but the rest of that defense is really good. And uh, to me, aside from my key to the game being that you got to focus on you know, stopping the legend of Gardner Minshew, which is kind of just a silly joke, that offensive line has to stand up against a very good defensive line. A player like Calais Campbell, who uh, pretty much wrecked the game uh, on Sunday for the Jaguars and was able to get into the backfield over and over and over and over again.
2: Uh it was actually last Thursday. Last Thursday. You
1: know what? Thursday games don't count. So just there. Take that NFL. What are you going to do about it? <laughs> Probably In magic. terms of, In terms
2: of the world of suck, it was actually a, a quote from Vic Fangio that he told the team in the locker room. So Sanders wasn't saying was, anything that Fangio didn't already approve of. And I I shouldn't have said trouble. I meant I meant traction. It got the traction that it did. Um, it was trendy, right? It was trending.
1: People were people were talking about it. You know, they are in a world of suck.
2: I think one thing that would help the Broncos' defense get the sack or get a turnover, as we've said, and on and on, and to pay homage to Wayne's World, just get a gun. You don't need to get a rack for a gun, but get a sack, get a turnover. What would help with that is to get a lead. Yeah, I, I think that would that would help tremendously because Chris Harris Jr. said on Tuesday that offenses have been playing safe because they know what Von Miller and Bradley Chubb are capable of. So that's why quarterbacks get rid of the ball so quickly. And Aaron Rodgers held on to the ball a little bit quicker, but he's more mobile than I would, than I, than you could say about Mitch Trubisky or Derek Carr. So he has the ability to hold on the ball a little bit longer. I think Trubisky's
1: pretty mobile, actually. you you got to give Trubisky a little credit. Derek Carr, not so much. Can't see as well with all the eye shadow in his eyes. But the Mitch Trubisky's pretty, pretty mobile. But I think they're trying to, to keep him from running. You know, he's he's one of those. Guys that I think wants to run and they're trying to tell him not to, uh, but but yeah, Aaron Rodgers is one of those guys that it's not just that he's mobile; it's that he knows how to move. You know, I kind of think about like Elway, like like Elway and, and uh, or a Marino is another good example. Guys who maybe didn't have the speed but had the awareness and the ability to pick the right spot to go. Um, I, I think Elway was a pretty mobile quarterback. He's probably a better comparison for Aaron Rodgers because when Aaron Rodgers takes off, he's pretty good. Uh, let's let's do players to watch. Let's because I think that leads us right into that. Who who's your offensive? Let's start with the offensive side of the football. Who's your offensive player to watch?
2: I he's going to be a player to watch until he he becomes consistent. So I'm going to go with Garrett Bowles. I and, and John Elway said it in his 850 uh, KOA interview on Tuesday that he liked the way that he rebounded, but we need to see consistency. And that's gonna be the key for Garrett Bowles. And it's not gonna get any easier as you as you said, going against that Jaguars front. He is going to to be tested, and he's gonna be tested pretty much every time the Broncos offense is on the field. So is he gonna be able to to become consistent? To get string it's, two games together. Just string two games.
1: We're just asking for two Look at where we fall into. We're just asking for two games. Uh, I'm going to piggyback off that a little bit, uh, and I'm going to go with the running attack of of Royce Freeman and Phillip Lindsay. I would like to see them be consistent as well and have a one-two punch that can control the football for the offense. I think that's going to be a big part of winning the game if the Broncos are going to win the game because you control the clock, you control the game, and usually, not against the Packers, but usually, that leads to uh, victories. So so my players to watch on offense, I took two of them, are Phillip Lindsay and, and Royce Freeman. A little bit of cheating. So, sorry. How about, how about on defense? Uh, defense for me, I think that uh, – I'm, I'm going to go ahead and go cliche here. I think Von Miller. And we've talked about Von Miller a lot. And I want to see if he can – you know, Chris Harris talked about it. And I have given Von Miller – the benefit of the doubt to, to an extreme, I think, you know, you know, we, we got into it the other day about things, but I I do think it's time for him to say, you know what? It's time. Okay. Unleash whatever it is you need to unleash become the Von Miller that you've been over the past, however many years of your career at this point and, and take over a game. We watched uh, on the Monday night game, Khalil Mack once again, kind of just wreck a game And I know that we're playing a bad Washington Redskins team, but this is what I'm talking about. The offense for the Jaguars is not great. This is an opportunity for Von Miller to go ahead and do some of the things that you see Khalil Mack do. That doesn't mean that other guys on the team don't need to step up and make it possible. I just think that this is an opportunity for Von Miller to put his stamp on the game, to, to make a statement in the league, to remind everybody who he is,
2: and so Von Miller's my player to watch on defense. I'm going to go with Shelby Harris. Mm, we talked about we talked about coming into the season how important it is to get an interior pass rush. Mm-hmm. Well, it would help tremendously to get sacks with an interior pass rush. I mean, it, if Von Miller is being double teamed and Bradley Chubb is being double teamed, and the quarterback is getting rid of the ball so quickly. How you beat that is with an interior pass rush. And Shelby Harris wants to get paid. Shelby Harris thinks he should get paid. Start playing like it.
1: You know, the other thing I've noticed, and and I'm curious if you, and I don't have the stats on this, but I'm sort of sitting here. I've watched every snap of all three games, and I'm racking my brain to remember a, a batted ball at the line. Maybe one or two this season so far for the Broncos. I cannot think of uh, an instance where a, a defensive lineman w- put their hands up and knocked a ball down at all. Maybe once against the Raiders. I feel like maybe I remember one against the Raiders. Somebody yeah, could comes... those Chubb. Yeah. So yes, Bradley Chubb. Chubb
2: extended to, to knock the ball down. Right.
1: So, so Bradley Chubb, who I'm not, <laughs> I'm not expecting Chubb in that scenario, to be the guy who extends and knocks the ball down. I'm expecting Shelby Harris and Adam gotzis and Derek Wolf, who won't be there, uh, to to get their hands up, to, to do something. If you're not going to get to the quarterback, disrupt the play somehow, I- I'm just not seeing it. it. There are little things on defense that just don't seem to be happening yet. Now I use the word yet on purpose because I do believe things will turn around.
2: I'm going to throw in a second player to watch. Go for it. Devonte Bosby, Ooh. I want to see if he can play like he did against the Packers, carry that over on Sunday against the Jaguars, because if, if he's able to do that, that's that's going to help the defense start to create pressure or create turnovers, because when you're able to cover like Devontae Bosby did, and he did such a tremendous job on Sunday. He's gonna he's gonna have the ability to start making some plays, as will Strap Harris. Hopefully, Bryce Callahan is is finally able to get onto the field on Sunday because I think that's a huge aspect that's been missing from the secondary. That's how you start to create turnovers. And I said it at the top. I the best way to help the defense start to create sacks, create pressure, and get turnovers. Is if the offense is able to get off to a quick start? Yeah,
1: that's you know what, and we should have mentioned Bosby in our post game recap. I don't remember if we did. I don't if we did. It wasn't enough because he played a really good game against the Packers on Sunday. So I think we should have made mention of him even more. Uh Do you get a bold prediction? Because I do. I have kind of I think a, a fun bold
2: prediction. Although maybe it won't be that fun. I don't know. My bold prediction is the Broncos will get four sacks and they're going to have a defensive touchdown.
1: Ooh, that's sort of, uh, that's, that's bold considering they don't have any of any of that, but I'm going to go with something very similar. My bold prediction for this game is that the defenses, both Broncos and Jaguars or Jaguars, depending on where you're from will outscore the offenses. So more points will come from the defensive side of the football than from the offensive side of the football for the whole game on both sides that's my bold prediction that's a very good bold prediction which means there will be some turnovers yay turnovers and, and possibly sacks and possibly maybe a strip sack fumble recovery
2: return for a touchdown you don't know what's interesting about this game is it's the 11th game between the Broncos and the Jaguars and two, they played two games in the playoffs. Of course, I don't need to mention the first one. We don't talk about that, but I, that's fascinating to me that they've, they've the Jaguars have only been around since the mid nineties and they've already played two playoff games.
1: It's the way things fall. What is their record in those two games
2: is, or in those, in those 10 games, right? This will be the 11th is what? They're five and five, three and two at home, two and three on the road. The first game between the Broncos and the Jaguars was in Denver on December 3rd, 1995, and the Broncos won 31-23, which is what's fascinating about that is we've all heard that, that what is that prediction or that, that teams when you play them twice in one season, right. The second time, The other team usually has a leg up, and that's what happened in 1995 because the Jaguars came back to Denver in the divisional round, and we all know what happened. We don't want to talk about
1: it. We're not talking about that. We don't talk about that.
2: At least the next year, the Broncos got a little bit of revenge and should have done what they did. They did what they should have done the year before. Yes,
1: Yes, they did, and it was that one was fun to watch, and we can talk about that one but we don't want to talk about the other one because that one's not fun. All right. You got a score prediction. Uh, I'm going to go with 1710 Denver. Ooh. All right. I like that. That's a good one. I'm close there. I'm going 2417 Denver. I think, I think 2417. So the Broncos get two defensive touchdowns and the Jaguars get one. That's 21 points. And I'm just trying to make sure that my numbers are right here. Cause I might have to change my score prediction. And then That means the offenses each get 10 points, but total, I'm saying total now. So yeah, that works. I'm good. 21 to 20 defense beats offense. (laughs) Does that count? That counts. All right. But I was told there'd be no math. Well, yeah. And I I don't like doing it. Let's take a quick break here. um, And then when we come back, we'll, we'll do a little wraparound of the rest of the league.
0: And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. All right, we're back. Um,
1: let's do a quick wrap around the uh, the NFL, AFC West. Uh, three games, obviously. Uh, and just looking through the schedule here, uh, the, the first one that pops up to me is is the Raiders and the Colts. Um, I, I don't know. I don't know. I think I'm actually buying into the Colts and what they've got going on with Jacoby Brissett. Uh, I think that everyone was all out on the Colts as soon as uh, Andrew Luck retired. And this, to me, was – it's a bit of a surprise, but I don't think they lose to the Raiders. I think the Raiders are bad. Uh,
2: They're just a bad team. They're going to go to Indianapolis and get beat. Well, I totally agree with that. And I I think it's becoming rather obvious that that Broncos Monday night game – was their Super Bowl? They wanted to prove to the rest of the national football league that, well, we don't need Antonio Brown. We're not a circus. It's the last Monday night game at that dump Oakland Coliseum. So I I think the Raiders are proving to be what we thought they were, which is a bad football team. So I, yeah, I, but the only thing I know about the Colts is that it seemed like Adam Vinatieri was on the verge of retirement. And then Frank Reich, convinced him to not retire. So hopefully Adam Vinatieri is able to, to keep this remarkable career going that he has had.
1: Yeah. I mean, he actually had said to uh, one of the reporters, you know, you'll hear from me on Monday and the reporter sort of replied and I can't remember who it was. No, you guys don't have a media day on Monday. And he said, you'll hear from me on Monday. It was sort of like, yeah, no, you're going to hear from me on Monday after some of the struggles that he's had. And I think you're right. I think Frank Wright convinced him to not retire because I think he was just going to come out and say, I'm done. This sucks. I'm
2: out. <laughs> I'm 45 years old. Yeah. I'm going to go back to the Black Hills and, and hunt.
1: Yeah, I'm going to go have some fun. I'm I'm old enough to do that. So and, and he's earned it for sure. He's been perhaps the greatest kicker in the history of the NFL. But uh, nice that he's continuing his run. Uh, and then Chargers at the Dolphins.
2: So It could actually be a home game for the Chargers because of how bad the Dolphins are.
1: Yes, congratulations to the Chargers. You might have more fans uh, at a game for the first time in I can't tell you how long because you don't have more fans at your home games
2: because, let's face it, the Chargers suck. Um, (laughs) What was disappointing is that we all know the Dolphins are in full tank mode, yet they released tank carotene. You can't do that. Yeah, the opportunity there mode and release the tank.
1: Yeah. Too too many opportunities there for some fun jokes. They maybe they did it on purpose knowing that they were tanking and they didn't want it to seem too obvious. And so they maybe they thought, well, if we release tank, then people won't think we're tanking because we don't have a tank on our team. Maybe that was the equation that they came up with, but it doesn't work.
2: You plop that out there and expected it to perform. I
1: did. And I'm not sure that it performed, and I don't know that I care. Uh, and then the other AFC West game, Chiefs at Lions. I, I think the big question here is
2: how many points can the Chiefs score against a bad Lions team? And how many points can Matt Stafford and the Lions score against a bad Chiefs defense?
1: Yeah, this this could be a game where you see a, a couple of 50 burgers on the board. Uh, y- you might see as many as 100 points scored. Or it could be the other thing it could do. It could be so bad, it could just go completely opposite and you get like a, a 10 to 3 game. Either way, I'm not going to be watching it. Yes, Either way, that won't be a game that I watch. Are there any other games that, that stand out to you that are not AFC West games? I
2: think the two, the only two games that I would even consider watching are the Thursday night game with the Eagles going to the Packers. And then the Sunday night game, which could be an NFC championship game preview, is the Cowboys at the Saints.
1: Yeah, and you know the Saints didn't really um, they didn't really miss a beat without Drew Brees. That's not to say they were a better team without Drew Brees, but they were able to to pick up the slack uh, without Drew Brees. Alvin Kamara is a stud, and so they they could continue to roll even with Drew Drew Brees on the sidelines. That that is one I I think I agree with you. You know the other game that kind of sticks out to me is the Browns and the Ravens. Um, it's a it looks like it could be a fun matchup of two quarterbacks. You have Baker Mayfield and Lamar Jackson. I'd be curious to see how both of them play. Uh, it has not been the stellar start for Baker Mayfield that everybody was saying it was going to be. And or the Browns. Ha- or, or for the Browns. And it has been a stellar start for the Ravens, even though they lost to the Chiefs on Sunday. Uh, they, they looked pretty good. And Lamar Jackson looks really good really good. And I'm not just saying that because I own him on one of my fantasy teams.
2: I, I It's always interesting when the, when the AFC North plays, because I, I think, as you said, everyone thought and proclaimed the Browns to be the team in the AFC along with the Chiefs and the Patriots. But they're the Browns and they have to go on the road to Baltimore, which is never an easy place to play. And I think one of the keys to that game is going to be what is Baker Mayfield able to do against Earl Thomas? Because Earl Thomas, as I referenced last week, I called him Ed Reed. He's that good. He's very good.
1: You know, it's funny. uh, My sister-in-law is from Cleveland, and she actually said, you know, Browns are going to Brown. That's just the way it is. And so even people who are Cleveland Brown fans have accepted the fact that the Browns are just going to Brown. That's just the way it is. So, All right, anything else we need to, to get to get out on on the, the recording here before we say goodnight
2: or good morning I think, or
1: good day? I, I don't know.
2: I, I think the, the key to take away from all of this is that it, despite how it seems on the outside, the players know that they have to play better. The coaches know that they have to coach better. So now it's just a matter of putting it all together, and I think you're going to see that on Sunday. I know I had a bold prediction of four sacks and a defensive touchdown, but I think the other bold prediction, and it's a great way to end the show, is I think you're going to see the Broncos put it together on Sunday.
0: You've been listening to Mile High Report Radio. Get involved in the discussion at milehighreport.com. And as always, go Broncos.